Welcome to Simply by Grace, a podcast of Grace Life Ministries with founder and director, Dr. Charlie Bing. This podcast and other helpful resources can be found at our website, gracelife.org. Now, here's Dr. Bing. Hello, my friends. This is Charlie Bing. I'm speaking to you from my office in Texas, uh, USA. I really wish I could see you in person. It looks like I'm going to have to uh, miss my visit to the Philippines uh, in the near future uh, until things change. But uh, that's kind of the name of the game, isn't it? We all have to adapt and are going through different things in our ministries. I've had quite a bit of things canceled, but uh, starting to do a little bit of travel in the United States. Uh, But every place in the United States is different, so they have different rules. And I'm sure you've gone through your difficult times. It's always difficult when you're working with people to be uh, isolated from them and uh, kept away from them. Uh, But, you know, during this pandemic time, it offers other opportunities to minister. And I trust that you will be able to see that and uh, take advantage of that. Uh, We say every cloud has a silver lining. And I've managed to find some silver linings in in, uh, this pandemic situation as well. I would like to talk to you today, as asked, about evangelism in this uh, pandemic time. And uh, I'd like to start my message from uh, Philippians chapter 1, because I find there some circumstances very similar to ours today. The Apostle Paul was in prison. This is one of the prison epistles. He wrote from perhaps a dark, damp uh, cell chained to a soldier, he was really literally locked down. And yet it did not stop him from sharing the gospel, doing evangelism. And he says some things, I think, that are really helpful for us today. So I'm looking at Philippians chapter 1 and verse 12. He's writing to the Philippians, but I went, I want you to know, brothers, that the things which happened to me, have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel, so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren of the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word of God without fear. Now notice he says, first of all, in verse 12, that the things that have happened to him, and I think that refers to his arrest in Jerusalem his uh, 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 imprisonment in Caesarea for two years, his trip to Rome in which he was shipwrecked. Uh, As you can imagine, a lot has happened to him. And now he's in a Roman prison. And he's saying all these bad things that have happened to me really have resulted in the furtherance of the gospel. The word furtherance there means the advancement, like military advancement, or like a boat would make headway. So the gospel has made headway in spite of his bad circumstances. He has learned to further the gospel where he was. And then in verse 13, he says that his faith has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest, that his chains are in Christ. Evidently, those who were around him and under his influence or sound of his hearing knew that he was in prison because of his faith in Jesus Christ. The praetorian guard or the palace guard, the elite guard, And then probably all the other workers in the jail, the other prisoners in the jail, maybe the servants there. He said all the rest, it is evident to them why he's in chains. So Paul used the opportunity to share his faith. 
and they saw that he was in prison for Christ. That must have made some kind of impression on them. But he wasn't bashful about why he was there. He let them know exactly why he was there. And then in the uh, next verse, 14, and because of that, he's saying that most of the brethren um, in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word of God without fear. So his presence in jail, his witness in jail, and his circumstances actually emboldened his brothers to speak the word of God more uh, boldly, with more courage. So uh, his example, I think, that he set for them was a great encouragement to them. It was infectious. And because of that, the others were emboldened. Somebody's always watching us, right? And I know that I'm often encouraged by those that I see sharing the gospel and uh, emboldened to do it more myself. The more I hear testimonies about how other people have done it, my natural tendency is to shrink back, to be shy, to be bashful, or just just to be a coward when it comes to sharing the gospel. But uh, with the help of the Holy Spirit and the example of others that are doing it, uh, I, I often get encouraged and emboldened to do it myself. So even though Paul was in chains and in bad circumstances, he had good results and good ministry. He said in 2 Timothy chapter 2, in verse 9, another prison epistle, that he said, uh, uh, when he's talking about preaching the gospel, for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains, but the word of God is not chained. So we know though, no matter what circumstances we're going through, the word of God is not chained. It can always go out from us in some way with those who are around us because we're never totally isolated from people. And so the Apostle Paul is a good example for us and should be an encouragement for us that we can use uh, our present day circumstances, no matter how bad they are, to continue to spread the word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, whenever I talk about evangelism, I don't like to start with methods. I think we always need to start with the message. And so this is a simple reminder to keep the gospel clear and to keep the gospel the same as Paul's gospel so that we can have confidence in it. He explains his gospel in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 about the death of Christ for our sins and his resurrection from the dead. And he reminds us that the Corinthians had to believe in that for their eternal life. So be sure to keep the gospel clear. Uh, and that's always the starting point. The gospel never changes, even though our methods have to adapt and change constantly according to our circumstances or our culture or, or, or wherever we're living. So keep the message clear. And it, nothing is clearer in the Bible than the fact that we're saved by grace, which is a free gift of God, through faith, which means to be convinced that his promise is true. And when we, we trust in Jesus and his promise of eternal life, he gives us eternal life because God cannot lie. And when he gives us eternal life, uh, we will be in God's presence forever. So keep the gospel clear. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to come to earth to die for us who are sinners, who cannot be saved by our own efforts or good works. So he had to pay the price for our sins on the cross, a sacrifice that God accepted, and it was proven accepted by Jesus' resurrection from the dead. And as a living Savior, he promised that whoever believes in him can have eternal life. Keep the message clear. In fact, if you have more time uh, these days to study, you find yourself having more study time, uh, do some reading, do some 
reading to reinforce that message, to answer people's questions and objections about that, I recommend to you my website, gracelife.org, where you can find resources about the gospel, keeping it clear, and uh, keeping it a gospel of grace through faith. So you might take a look there. So make sure the message is clear, and then we can talk about some of the methods or some of the things that we can do. And one of the things I think we see from Paul's example is that we should look for open doors. Open doors, of course, are opportunities that God provides for us to uh, share or spread his word in, in his gospel. And of course, in these times, the pandemic has opened a lot of doors in different ways we might not have otherwise had. Um, I think there's an open door, for example, to talk about issues of life and death with people. Because people are hearing about deaths in, all the time, or maybe they know someone who has died, or maybe they just have the fear of death themselves brought on by this pandemic. And so it's a good time to approach them with, with um, concerns about their eternity and what will happen to them after they die. Um, I have a, a friend who has a friend and had a friend, and that, that friend was concerned about the, the virus situation where he was and I was actually a little bit fearful, and he was asking my friend some questions about uh, Jesus and the gospel. And my friend explained to him, but he never did decide anything, the other guy. Uh, and, then, and then my friend found out a couple months later that this guy died. And his girlfriend told him, though, before he died, he was talking about Jesus Christ and his certainty of salvation in heaven. And so you see, my friend used his, his fear of death to witness to him before he caught the virus, then he caught the virus and died from it, but he's in the presence of Jesus Christ right now. So look for those kinds of open doors and be ready to answer the questions that people might, might have. I think that one of the questions that you should be ready to answer from people is, why did God allow this to happen? Why did a good God allow this to happen? Why are so many people dying? Well, actually, that question can be behind a lot of things, behind wars, murders, robberies, uh, car accidents, and all kinds of things. And the answer is always the same, that God is sovereign and he's in control. He does what is what uh, is, is good, glorifies himself and always what is good for us and because he loves us. And the reason that things like this happen is not because of uh because God is good, but because sin is evil and Satan is evil. And he's corrupted this world and he's caused it to uh, the people to uh, go sinful ways and harm other people. But I think it's also true from the scriptures that the whole world is under a curse. And in that curse, uh, things happen. Floods and and volcanoes erupt and, 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 and diseases and, and people die. People die naturally anyway. It's appointed on man once to die, so that's the fate for us all. And that's all because of sin. Death came through sin. So whether it's from the virus or from a car accident or from a natural cause, we all face death. God is good, though, all the time. He is always fair. He's always loving. It is sin that brings these, these tragedies into our lives, and we need to remind people of that. So you're going to probably meet some opportunities in talking to people who might have a fear of death uh, or might be looking at life a little bit differently right now. And I find it's always helpful to ask a question like this. I have two questions I ask. Um, one is, if you were to die today, 
um, you know 100% for sure that you would go to heaven. Now, some people say yes, and some people say maybe, and a lot of people will say no. But even the people who say yes uh, may not understand the gospel. So I like to ask a second question. In fact, the second question is more important than the first. The second question is, if you were to stand before God and he said to you, if you died and stood before God and he said to you, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say to him? And the answer to that question will tell me what that person is trusting in for their eternal life, their eternal destiny. And many times you'll get the answer, well, I, I go to church, I confess my sins, I, uh, I'm a pretty good person, I go to church, something like that. And what it's telling me is that they're trusting in who they are or what they do um, instead of what Jesus has done and who he is. And we want to, we want to uh, point out to them that the scriptures say exactly what Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, by grace we are saved through faith, not of ourselves, not by works, lest any man should boast. So it's a good occasion to point out to people that they may be trusting in their own selves and their own performance and works instead of in Jesus Christ, who did the work for us. Because when Jesus died on the cross, he took our sins upon himself. And you remember that he said on the cross, it is finished. And when he said it is finished, that meant there's nothing else for us to do. Well, he did it all. So there's either the religion of do or the religion of done. You cannot get to heaven by the religion of do because you can never do enough or do as much as God has done for us. But the religion of done, Jesus Christ has done it all on the cross. It is finished. So be sure that's the message that you take to people. And you'll often find openings when they have a, a little anxiety or fear about issues of life and death. Uh, also, look for an open door for people who don't have peace in this kind of situation. The world has been thrown into turmoil and upsetting uh, markets and upsetting uh, economies and upsetting jobs, uh, the food supply chain and all these kinds of things. And that in the midst of all this turmoil in the world, people have lost their peace and may be looking for peace in their own lives, but they can't have uh, the peace of God without having the God of peace. So it's another opportunity for you to present the God of peace through Jesus Christ. And only he can settle the heart because he can promise that they will never have to uh, 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 suffer unnecessarily or, or they will know for sure where they go when they die as well. Um, uh, I wrote a paper at the beginning of the pandemic because so many people were uh, confused about the situation and anxious about the situation. And it's called How to Have Peace in Uncertain Times. And you can find that paper on my website, gracelife.org, under resources and then articles, and it will pop up. And what I basically say there is that, yes, we're in a pandemic, but the pandemic of the coronavirus, as fearful and terrible as it is, is not as bad as the pandemic of sin. And you might just begin to talk to people about how they can have peace by, first of all, saying we have a more serious problem, which is sin. But God, who loves us, uh, did something to cure that sin. You know, we're all waiting for a vaccine for this virus, and uh, we're, we're talking about different drugs that can help and uh, help people recover from it. But God did something once and for all that's guaranteed to solve the problem of sin, and that is his, the sacrifice of his perfect son for our sins. And when he died on the cross, he finished 
uh, perfectly what needed to be done for us to get uh, to heaven, to have eternal life. And then he offers that life through faith alone in, uh, in Jesus Christ alone. And through faith, we can know for sure that we have eternal life and that we're going to heaven. So in that paper, I, I used the opportunity of the pandemic to present the gospel. I really saw an open door there because people were really upset and anxious and losing their peace. And many people today still live in fear and and anxiety. They're still hiding behind closed doors, afraid to leave their homes or afraid to go to uh, be with a group of other people, even if they could. And uh, you might you might write something yourself about them. If not, you can certainly download and borrow this uh, little article that I wrote. It's one page and hand it out to them. But uh, Or you could write a gospel tract of your own uh, talking about how to have peace in these kind of uncertain times. So look for open doors to talk to others about life and death or those who don't have peace in their hearts. Look for open doors uh, and opportunities to meet physical needs as well. You know that many people have lost their jobs in, in these past months and they're suffering physically and uh, they're not able to get to the market or buy food or, or uh, provide for their families as they normally would. It's a good opportunity if you have the resources, the ability or the, the fellowship or the congregation to, to help with their physical needs in some way. That could be supplying them with food, could be supplying them with uh, helping them find a job. It could be providing transportation for them someplace if they're able to go and need to go somewhere. Um, But think about the physical needs that you see around you. Um, People have certainly have many these days. And you might think about using your church building as a place to meet some of those needs, maybe as a a center for uh, some food distribution or a center for some training. in some other skills, especially computer skills, because that's how people are communicating so much these days. But don't just be a church in the community or the barangay. Be a church for the barangay and let people know that your facility is available. Some families have been displaced and need a place to live in in these uh, in this kind of situation. And I've heard of churches opening up and allowing people to, to stay and uh, actually lives, live uh, in the facility at least have shelter and a place to sleep and meals to eat. So look for opportunities to meet the physical needs and material needs around you. And then look for opportunities to comfort those who are suffering. You know, uh, you may not know somebody with the virus, but you probably know somebody that knows somebody that has it. And they've gone through a period of grief or suffering over a loved one, or again, the fear uh, of someone who may even have recovered, but they had fear during that process. So look for opportunities to comfort those, to, as the Bible says, weep with those who weep. Let's grieve and mourn with those who grieve and those who mourn. What a perfect time it is to show the the love of God uh, through Jesus Christ to those who are suffering or know somebody that's been suffering. There's opportunities there. And there's op- opportunities to talk about Jesus Christ as our mediator. Let me explain. When this coronavirus hit and everybody was locked down inside, I heard the Pope uh, announce that believers, uh, he, well, Catholics, he said, don't have to go to Mass or to church. They can confess their sins to God at home. I thought that was interesting. And what an open door that is to tell people, hey, you can go directly to God. You don't have to go to Mass. You don't have to go through a priest. You don't have to go through a Pope. You don't have to go through a church. You can have a relationship directly with God. God. The Pope even said that in some ways. 
In John 14, 6, Jesus made it real clear when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So Jesus is the direct route to Christ. We don't need a, another kind of mediator. We don't need a priest to stand between us and God. We can go directly to him. So in a, pop, in a place where the population is largely Catholic, that might be uh, the Pope might have given us an open door to witness to people about the access we have to God through Jesus Christ when we trust in him as our Savior. So look for the open doors uh, that you have to share a clear gospel message with the people around you. Now, when it comes to methods, we have to be flexible, creative, and adapt our message to the situation that we're in. And I'd encourage you to, since many of us are confined and or, or locked down or restricted in our travel and places we can go, I encourage you to look locally around you. What happened in my situation is I was able to see where I live, a lot of people going for walks, a lot of people sitting outside because they didn't want to be around people. They couldn't be around people. But, you know, I got to know people I never met before, even in my own area, my neighborhood, and uh, and had many good conversations. And so uh, it's a good time when just seeing people sitting around, they're bored because they have nothing to do, uh, it, just to befriend them and start a conversation with them that will hopefully lead to something spiritual and eternal in nature. So first look out your own front door as what's going on in your neighborhood and use that as an opportunity to reach those people there. Um, and then check on people too, as well. It's a good opportunity to check on people that you haven't heard from to see how they're doing. Uh, I think people would welcome a phone call especially the vulnerable population, those who are weaker or those who are older, they would welcome a phone call from you uh, to see how they're doing or if they need anything. I've made some of those phone calls and, and it didn't result in them needing anything, but they sure were appreciative that I called. And you can use that to build a bridge for sharing the gospel. When we think of evangelism, sometimes, you know, it's direct evangelism We'll call it cold turkey evangelism, when we don't know the person and we just start out immediately with the gospel. But I think you're going to find that a lot of your evangelism is going to take place built on relationships. And so relationships, uh, as you build them and the people begin to trust you, and you, you may build them on a, a social level, but then that can lead to spiritual conversations later. So uh, work on building those relationships. Have a prayer list of people that you can pray for and, uh, and and ask God for open doors into their lives. Now, another, another way, uh, another method that many people are using in these days of restricted travel and, and socialization is they're using the internet and social media to, to share the gospel message with others. And I have to say that uh, actually that has been an outlet for me in these past months quite a bit. Um, I, I'm using social media more and more to share the gospel like I like I did with that art little article I mentioned to you. I shared it around in my social media. But um, I've also used Zoom technology, that the, the app called Zoom, to uh, teach Bible studies, to lead church services. And uh, I've uh, re used technology to record messages like I'm doing now, to do live streaming in church services. Um, and um, at the urging of other people, I've, for years, I have resisted doing a podcast, but 
uh, I months uh, months ago when this thing started, I started doing podcasts and um, turning some of my messages into podcasts, which have now been heard in almost every country of the world. So the gospel's going out probably to more people than than before when I had the freedom to travel, uh, because it's going out um, digitally or electronically and reaching people that I could never reach, pe- reaching people behind uh, the, the, the curtain of communism or in other closed countries. They're listening to the podcast. They're viewing some of the articles and things like that. The whole world is turning more to technology to find out news and to communicate and to keep in touch with people during this pandemic. So something like bad, like the pandemic has happened, has caused and led to some good things like the use of technology. I know uh, I have a good friend uh, who also, when this thing started, uh, his family was not is not believers. And so he arranged a Zoom meeting with all of his family. So he could say, you know, because uh, he, he's in weak health, he said, I'm in bad health. And, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. But uh, if you have any worries or anxieties uh, coming out of this pandemic, uh, here's how you can know that for sure that you have eternal life. And he explained to them the gospel. He has a whole family together on Zoom. Um, I don't think I they responded uh, all positively, but but he did what he, he was faithful to do, what God wanted him to do, and that's the point. And he used technology to do it. Now, something to keep in mind when you're doing using technology is that um, not everybody has access to a computer or a smartphone, and not everybody understands the technology, especially the older generation. So here's an opportunity for you to develop relationships by offering access to technology or offering training in technology. So maybe your church could become a place, if you're allowed to meet at all, uh, where you can train people, especially the older people, to use some technology or provide them a computer for their use uh, so they can communicate with others in other places. Um, Take advantage of that. So remember that many people don't have the opportunity and, and they don't have the training and sometimes technology scares them. So you can begin some kind of training for them, perhaps. Um, so what we've said is that uh, looking at the Apostle Paul's example, there's really no excuse for not doing evangelism, no matter what our circumstances are. We may be locked down to some degree, but the gospel is not chained. It can always go out. And Paul had a rich and fruitful time right there from his prison cell in Rome. Isn't that amazing? And you might feel imprisoned by your circumstances, but let me encourage you that uh, if you just look around you, you can see opportunities to share the gospel. Just keep the gospel clear and share it clearly. And and then undergird everything. And this is my final point, but probably the most important. Undergird everything with prayer. God is sovereign. God is in control. And the way we we, uh, access his grace is through faith. We come before the throne of grace to find grace to help in time of need, Hebrews 4.16 says. So prayer is not just a cliche. We really need to seek God and ask him for these opportunities. In fact, that's a very biblical prayer request. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 19, Paul is asking the Ephesians to pray for him. And um, he says, as they pray always, he says, for, for me, he says that, Utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly 
to make known the mystery of the gospel. Paul is asking the Ephesians to pray that he might be bold. That's amazing to me that the Apostle Paul, who we see evangelizing throughout the scriptures, who understood his ministry was to testify to the gospel of grace, Acts 20, 24. That's what drove him, to testify to the gospel of grace. And yet he's saying, pray that I, I share it boldly. This is the man who wanted to stand before Caesar. This is the man who stood before um, the uh, governors of, uh, of uh, Israel and the leaders of Israel, and, uh, and, and yet was faithful to his message. But he must have felt at times a bit intimidated, or otherwise he would not have asked for boldness. It's a very biblical thing to ask God for boldness in our evangelism. Look what happened in uh, Acts when they prayed, uh, chapter 4, when they prayed at the end of chapter 4, uh, and they, they left with boldness. They were refreshed with that boldness before they went out. Never try to do evangelism, the spiritual warfare involved with that, unless you lay a foundation of prayer first. I'd be, I'd be fearful to try to go out um, and do something without God on my side, recruited through prayer, so to speak. But Paul makes another prayer request in Colossians chapter 4 and uh, verses 2 through 4, where he asks the Colossians to uh, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us, he and his apostolic team, that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. In this prayer request in Colossians 4, Paul's asking for two things. One, he's asking that God would open to us a door for the word. Pray for opportunities. Paul was praying for opportunities. Well, he got what he prayed for. He got in prison, um, and he and he wanted to go to Rome, but he wanted to go as a preacher, not a prisoner. <laughs> but uh, God answered his prayer anyway as a roundabout way. He got to Rome. He just went as a prisoner, not a preacher, but actually both because he did continue to preach there. So he was praying, asking them to pray for open doors. That's a good example and word for us, encouragement for us to pray for opportunities. Open doors means opportunities. And they're around us if we only see them and help, and God can help us to see them. And the other thing he says is pray that I might make known the um, the mystery of Christ and make it manifest in the New King James Version. Now, that word manifest is translated in some Bibles as clear, and it means to bring something in, under the light for examination, to make it obvious and clear to others. And so what Paul is saying is, pray that I may make keep my gospel clear. And that's amazing to me too. The one who explained the gospel to us in books like Romans and Galatians is saying, just pray that I keep it clear. There's too much at stake to have a, a muddy gospel and a garbled gospel. We have to keep it clear so others can understand and know that we're saved by grace through faith alone, not by anything that we do. So that's a good prayer request too. Pray for boldness, pray for opportunities, pray for clarity as we speak the message. Well, we've been through some very difficult times with some very difficult circumstances. Uh, and I know things have been tough for you probably, but you know, in we we have the knowledge that it's really tough for everybody around the world. So we're all kind of going through this together. And uh, God knows what he's doing. 
He's still on his throne. He's still ruling from heaven. He's still in control. I don't doubt but that maybe he allowed this virus to inflict the world like it did because we were getting a little bit too proud of ourselves. We were talking about changing the world, saving the earth, changing the climate, and yet we can't conquer a microscopic little virus. That kind of humbles me, sets me back on my heels to understand that I'm not as strong and powerful and self-sufficient as I thought I was. God in his sufficiency is the only way I can get through this life. God and his sufficiency is the only way we can have any kind of Christian ministry. It's only because God is sufficient in his power and his strength and through his spirit that we can go out and share the the word of God evangelistically and share the gospel. It's not something we want to do on our own. So I hope that um, in the midst of all the things that are going on, you've already learned to see some opportunities. Uh, I encourage you to continue to pray for those opportunities, to pray uh, specifically for individuals that God would show you a need in their life so that when that need is made known to you, you can go forth and meet that need in the name of Jesus Christ. You will have their attention, you'll have their devotion, and it will be an open door for the gospel. You'll be able to share with them more effectively, I think, the gospel, and they'll be listening to you because they know that you care. These are strange times that we're in, but I think God's heart is still the same today as it has always been, that he desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. He wants all men everywhere to come to know Jesus Christ as Savior. So he would not ever put anything in our paths to to frustrate that goal of his. So we have to see uh, our present pandemic situation as something that God has allowed because it will further his word. We just need to have the wisdom, the insight, uh, and the desire to see that opportunity that he's given to us. So continue to preach the word. Continue to love God's people. Continue to pray for the opportunities, and he will present you those opportunities. So God bless you as you continue to minister in these circumstances and um, and uh, use them for his glory. May God give you that kind of wisdom and that kind of uh, um, a spirit and passion for his gospel. And uh, may many come to know him because of you and your witness. So God bless you until I see you again. Thank you for listening. For more resources, or to help spread the message of God's life-changing grace, visit our website at gracelife.org. We'd love to hear from you. Send us a message at simplybygrace at gracelife.org. See you next time.